Welcome to the Habit Mechanic Podcast. To help you finish this year strongly and get ready for a successful 2024, we're re-releasing every podcast we've recorded so far that takes a deep dive into the Habit Mechanic book. The episode's coming up in a few moments. Remember, if you want to get your business off to a great start in January, get in touch to discuss how our Habit Mechanic keynotes or workshops can equip your people with practical skills that help them build super habits in five minutes. Or if you want to earn £100,000 per year working part-time by launching your own coaching business, we guarantee to help you do that in just 13 hours. Get in touch with us today to learn more about becoming a certified habit mechanic coach who can transform people's lives and is recognized as a world leader in the field. For more details, contact us via the website. The link is in the podcast notes. Or if you want to feel better and do better every day, download the Habit Mechanic University app from your app store. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Habit Mechanics. It's Dr. John Finn here. I hope you're having a good week so far. Today, we're going to keep going and talking about the Habit Mechanic book. We're going to dig into chapter 10, which is called The Lighthouse Brain. So we're going to start to think about how our brain actually works in a really accessible way that you can use immediately to help you with your own thinking. Uh, and your well-being and performance and leadership etc so i'm really excited to get stuck into that i'm also joined today by my friend and colleague andrew whitelam andrew how are you today hi there john yes hi great to be on the podcast again um chapter 10 for me is um really really a cornerstone of my reading of the habit mechanic because um you do something there that really helps people understand and get to grips with the complex psychology that you bring to bear in, in the Habit Mechanic, the Habit Mechanic University app and, and Tougher Minds training. Um, it helps people conceptualize it. It helps people apply it practically. And it's so fantastic for that reason. Um, yeah, the Lighthouse Brain, as you say, is the title of the chapter. And it tells a it's the title. It's the title of a fantastic story, a really engaging story, which which is the foundation uh, and, and helps people understand how they can apply complex science in a simple accessible way to improve their health their happiness and their performance um i think i think really we should start by you telling us more about what's happening inside our lighthouse brain yeah so this is the first of three models that we created to explain how our brain works and they're the three models increase in complexity so the first one is the simplest the third one is the most complex the first one is the lighthouse brain so this is us trying to take what the science tells us about how our brain actually works and turn that into a really accessible story so we say imagine that you have a lighthouse in your brain and there are two characters living in and running the lighthouse. The first character is called Hugh. That stands for horribly unhelpful emotions. Hugh is running the the beam of light that is emitted from the lighthouse. And its job is to use that beam of light to scan the past, the present, and the future 
for potential threats and problems. That's its main job. And when there are no threats and problems on the horizon, either old memories, things that might go wrong or happen in the future, or no problems right now in the present, its next instinct is to look for fun, fast, rewarding things to do. So that's Hugh. The second character we call Wilhelmina Power or Willpower. You can decide which one it is for you. And we imagine that Wilhelmina Power lives in the lighthouse's training room. It spends its time in there learning and equipping itself to help you to be at your best. And when Hugh notices a problem, and again, it could be from the past, the present, or the future, that it thinks is threatening, it calls up to Wilhelmina Power and makes it aware. That's like when you get a, a conscious thought about a worry or a problem into your prefrontal cortex. And if your brain's working well, Wilhelmina Power will then go down to the, the lighthouse room and it will help Hugh to manage the problem, either by calming it down and getting its attention back onto something that's more helpful for you or by helping it to practically deal with the problem and overcome it. And if you get Hugh and Wilhelmina Power working together, then that's going to make it really easy for you to build more and more helpful habits. So that's the simplest way that we explain how our brain works and they're the two main characters. Yeah, and what I think so helpful about this is, is as I say, the personification of these, these phenomena that happen in our brains. You, you've created characters and people. If you look in the Habit Mechanic book, around about page 100, you'll see illustrations of Hugh, horribly unhelpful emotions, and um, a character with WP on their chest, willpower or Wilhelmina power, as John says, you, you can choose. But really, I think that this, this personification is so helpful to understand the relationship between these two, these two things, these two phenomena, John. Um, I'd like to delve into a, a little bit about each of them. The illustration for Hugh, Horribly Unhelpful Emotions, is, a, is an ape-like creature. And I understand that the the basis of, of this analysis, this the, this insight, is drawing on um, a lot of psychology and a lot of brain science that's gone before that you've looked at and adapted and implemented. Yeah, so we before we created the Lighthouse Brain, actually, we created the APE acronym. So the acronym is about the limbic regions of our brain, which drive most of what we think and do. It's driving that 98% to sometimes 100% of what we're thinking and doing. And, you know, these are ancient survival centers that have been around for a long time. And we are great apes. That's our lineage. So... That's where the ape connection comes from. The difference with with Homo sapiens, our supposed branch of, of apes, is that we developed a much bigger prefrontal cortex and therefore we much, have much more powerful conscious thinking centres than problem-solving centres. But um, the ape acronym stands for Life Perceived Energy, which we'll, we'll talk about in later chapters. But, yeah, the... The the visual there, Andrew, also is a bit like a teddy bear as well, isn't it? So it's an ape-like teddy bear. So it's designed to 
trigger the idea that although if we don't really understand you, it can be quite troublesome, actually it can also become a really powerful asset for us as well. And we shouldn't think about fighting you. We should think about embracing it and calming it down first and foremost and recognizing that when it's pushing these thoughts into our conscious brain, often unwanted and unhelpful thoughts, it's just doing its job ultimately. That's what it's designed to do. Um, so, yeah, the limbic region of the brain, of course, Paul McLean's the True Night Brain model was the first model to really help us to get some sense of understanding of what he called the monkey brain. Um, you know, and that, that model I've seen has got a bit of criticism in recent years, but, you know, it's like, it's a bit like Henry Ford's first creation of a mass market car. It wasn't gonna, ever going to be perfect, but it was far better than the horse and cart that came before it. And that's what the True Night Brain model did for us. Um, you will see that we don't say the limbic system. We talk about the limbic regions because um, certainly scientists that I think are really good at what they do, they say that we don't we don't really know enough about those areas of the brain to call them a system yet. So we think about them as a region. So yeah, that visualization is is making something that's highly complex, really simple, but the simplicity is based on scientific insights. And I think that the, the the power of the there's a lot of validity and reliability, which are two core measurements of of science, in the fact that so many people connect so quickly to the idea of few horribly unhelpful emotions. It's like a light bulb moment for them because it's real. It, it's like it does live inside us. It's a great representation of what those systems, those survival senses in our brain, make us feel like. Um, yeah, so that's Hugh, horribly unhelpful emotions. And and this idea that that Hugh is on alert for, for problems, worries and threats. Again, I think people will um, identify um, with that very much. So it, it is a fantastic tool already that the chapter gives you just to just to recognize that in yourself. And, and this personification, as I say, for me, just makes it so much more accessible and easy to understand. So the other character then is willpower or Wilhelmina power. That's depicted in a shall we say superhero style uh form with a with a wp on the chest where that where the superman s might have gone um and and willpower um can 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 solve problems created by hugh is that is that a fair way to characterize it john if you want to fulfill your potential or help other people fulfill their potential so you can feel great and get the rewards and respect you deserve, then I want to give you a free physical copy of my new best-selling book, because you deserve to know the truth. The most important things for fulfilling your potential are not tips, tricks, hacks, therapy, coaching, meditation, breathwork, goal setting, journaling, or finding your why. I know it sounds irrational because we're so used to hearing about using these things to help us fulfill our potential. But these approaches are outdated and ineffective and they are based on a big lie. To find out more and get your free physical copy of Dr. John Finn's best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, go to tougherminds.co.uk.
Yeah, so you know, solving problems is what we are designed to do fundamentally. So we're designed to walk around and solve problems, problems related to survival, and ultimately solve problems so we can get more control over our environment and more control of how we think and how we feel. So hues like our truth, it's telling us as it is or how it thinks it is. Often it sort of exaggerates what's going on. So we use our willpower as a way of really reflecting and not just being instinctive about what Hugh is telling us, but to think about it in more detail. And if we recognize that there is a problem, a real genuine problem, we can use our willpower to start doing something about it. And willpower is the conduit for change, but it's a limited resource. You know, we often talk about um, the limbic regions of the brain, which is where Hugh lives as the million dollar brain. And the areas of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, where willpower lives as the 10 cent brain. So that's a, a mirror of the size and power of those two regions. You've got the million dollar brain versus the 10 cent brain. Or you've got the 98% of what we think and do brain versus the 2% at best. So willpower is a limited resource. So we use it as a conduit for change. And that's why it's so important that we've got our nine action factors behavioral science model, which we talk about in more detail. So willpower is really important, but it's a conduit for changing our behavior. We can't solely rely on it. We've got to ultimately build habit plans to allow us to actually make sustainable long lasting changes. Yeah. I think it's probably worth just people considering and reflecting on that. You're saying then that this, this potentially unhelpful, part of the brain these potentially unhelpful forces vastly outnumber uh the troops or the person or the people willpower will amina power um who can can help us channel us in the right direction point us in the right direction um but yet it is possible um by developing helpful habits yeah so that's one of the insights that neuroscience has shown is the power of the negative the power of the threat you know, and threats are not just about lions, tigers, and bears. They're also about what we think other people think about us, what we call social status threats. These are all about survival, ultimately. So we are designed to survive, and therefore it makes a lot of sense that those sites are far more powerful in our brain than the positivity, uh, if you like, sites, um, which is a huge oversimplification, but we can, with awareness, with more intelligent self-watching, we can get better at understanding our hue and managing it. And actually, the ultimate way to manage what we think and do is to build better habits. So that's always the goal. But understanding these two characters is certainly the starting point. Now, in, in, in this chapter 10, on, on page 102 of The Habit Mechanic, um, you use what, what looks like to many people a flowchart um, to, to really get to grips with and get into the midst of this um, interdependence and this relationship that, that Hugh and Willpower have or, and how one can support the other and help us as people to, to 
get to a successful outcome in, in any endeavor in any thought in any action um it, it's quite complex to describe it in words and it people would probably be better off looking at the diagram and that gives you a fantastic overview and really brings it to light for you but just let's uh, let's talk about it briefly if we can john um you call it the willpower mentoring process and i say as i say you're describing how um a person's willpower can can respond when Hugh identifies a threat or or a worry. Um, just just as I say, if you could just give us a brief overview of that process, I think it will be really really instructive for people. Yeah, and what I'm also delighted to say, Andrew, as I was just checking before, is that the willpower mentoring process diagram is made into the Korean version of the book. So it's actually in Korean, which I can't read out to, unfortunately, because I'm not competent in Korean yet. But it's great that it has been, it has transferred into there. Um, and hopefully it's, it's helping the Korean reading public uh, to make sense of their own brains. But yeah, the, the willpower mentoring process is a six-step process, which, as you said, we map out visually on page uh, one or two of the book. Step one, it's you signaling up to willpower. So let's say, for example, that um, you got an email off your boss, off your new boss, and the tone isn't so fantastic, and he's worried that the new your new boss doesn't like you. And he sends that message up to uh, willpower or Wilhelmina power. So you become aware of it in your conscious brain ultimately. And that's step two is that you receive the message, so you receive it. Step three is you analyze the message and say, right, okay, this is what Hugh's telling me. Is this true? Is it not true? And then we go into step fours. can be one of two scenarios. One is you might decide, well, this is a real problem, actually. I don't think I've got off on the right foot with this person, for example. Um, but the other answer could be, well, it's a false alarm. It's just, you know, that's just the way that person writes emails and I shouldn't read too much into it. But if it's a real problem, um, you can then help Hugh to create an action plan so you, that you, instead of just worrying about it and beating yourself up about it, you, you could do something practical about that. So in the first instance... Um, you might do. You might write out uh, a written reflection, just to help you to process the thinking on it. For example, if it's a false alarm, then you might help to calm you down and to, in a very subconscious way, re-educate you so that when it sees similar signals in the future, it doesn't interpret them. As negatively and then if you get if you go down either of those those pathways ultimately you're gonna create more wires for dealing with the problem in a more efficient and effective way or in other words you're going to create um, more neurons in your brain connected to what i'd call implicit emotional regulation which is connected to the most complex brain model that we've got which we'll talk about in due course but but yeah there's a step-by-step -step process that we can use 
to navigate and guide the relationship between these two core characters. And in different sections of the book, we go back to that um, process so that you can see it illustrated in real time. Yeah. So, and I, I'm yeah, sorry, John. Yeah. I was just going to say, so it's not about just having an idea and a story. We want to show you the practical steps that you can use in order to help you to do better for yourself, but also if you want to help others as well. Yeah, sorry, John. I was just about to say, I think when you see this mapped out, you see yourself in it in many times of your life and times in any given day. But what you also immediately start to think about just naturally is, well, these are stages I'm passing through. I can see how I might be able to do better and feel better every day. Of course, the habit mechanic goes into massive amount of, of detail and offers massive amount a massive amount of practical advice and guidance about how we can really double down on this insight and apply it and use it with a lot more besides but i think i just think that that flow chart as we're calling it um of of what's happening in in your brain is so so useful and, and helpful and, and and again a practical insight and you can it cements this idea of two characters working independent interdependently and helping each other um as you say john when when willpower works it, it calms you down and, and almost educates you um and you, you highlight in the book how this can lead to a, a range of really helpful outcomes for anyone um a better diet better exercise and sleep habits better stress management um less time beating yourself up or, or dwelling on the unhelpful improving your confidence becoming more productive and creative performing well under pressure and improving your leadership and management all these things that are so important for us in the modern world and and so sought after by many people if we could if we could just drill into a couple of those examples and understand how the insights we've just talked about might help this how, how for instance might that insight help us start to develop better sleep habits yeah, so the relationship between human willpower is the epicenter of everything that's good and bad in your life. If you've got a good relationship between those two characters, it's going to be much easier to be healthy, happier at your best. If you've got a bad relationship, it's going to be much more difficult, if not impossible. So the starting point for all of these areas, including good sleep, good diet, good exercise, is good or better in simple terms, self-awareness or what we call habit mechanic intelligence. So if my willpower is working better, I'm going to be better able to understand how well I am looking after myself in terms of what I put into my body, my diet, how well I'm resting, my sleep, how well I'm exercising. And just by using our prefrontal cortex more and, and noticing the patterns of Hugh's behavior, it will become apparent, wait a minute, I'm that food is not helping me to be at my best. It makes me feel sluggish and groggy. I'm trying to do work first thing in the morning, but my brain's not stimulated. I need to do some exercise before I start work. Or I'm always tired first thing. Um, that's probably because I'm not getting enough sleep at night time. So having that level of self-awareness um, is going to be driven by a good, healthy relationship between willpower and hue and then if you recognize there's a problem you can start using what we call the desk swap tool which is a diet exercise sleep self-watch and plan tool which we talk about in chapter 
19 of the book. And then you can build a habit building plan. And the example habit building plan for that is in chapter 20 of the book to build a better habit in that area. So that's how we would use uh, that relationship to help us to start building better sleep, diet and exercise habits. Yeah, uh, that's fascinating. Um, just picking out another one from, from the list I, I just cited. Um, you, you, you say you could be a better leader if if you can bring your willpower to bear against these horribly unhelpful emotions that you're Hugh. Um, why, why might you be a poor leader if, if Hugh was, was running rampant, as it were? Yeah, because you're going to get sucked into really unhelpful behaviours. So first of all, you might not be looking after yourself very well. If Hugh's just focused on worrying about problems and then giving into short-term gratifications, um, you might not be managing your stress then particularly well. That might mean you become a bad role model. It might mean you're short-tempered with people. It means that you're not going to be able to have the strategic, uh, the, the parts of your brain working well that you need for strategy um, so that you can be that cultural architect that your team needs. Also, it means that you're not going to have the capacity to have constructive relationships with your team members, the relationships where you show that you trust them and that you help and guide them to actually them to build better habits um, if you're not able to do that for yourself. And we obviously we have a, a lot of tools in the in, in section um, four of the book, which spans from chapters, I think, 28 through to chapter... 35 that show you how to build better habits across all different facets of leadership also show you how to build better team habits yeah and i mean also on the list stress management so we really unpack that in in chapter 21 and chapter 22 um robust levels of confidence we unpack how to build better relationships between human willpower in chapter 23 uh focus productivity etc doing high impact work we unpack that in chapter 25 performing under pressure we unpack that in chapter 24 so we show you how to build better relationship between your human willpower across all those areas um in in a step-by-step way and we don't just give you the skills and the tools we show you how to actually build better habits in those areas as well for yourself and for others yeah and um of course um we would encourage everyone to get a copy of the habit mechanic book and um yeah you could start with chapter 10 if you wanted i suppose but read it read it through and uh this this insight these practical applicable actions will become clear to you um i think in the in chapter 10 you, you've got a, a quite a pithy phrase that says um again using the idea of a hue as, as a personified baddie as it were a calmer hue better you and that 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 resonates with me i think that's very clear but you highlight quite rightly that you know al- although you've outlined a very very practical pathway to deal with these things it's not easy in modern life to to achieve these things because of the the challenges that, uh, that can overwhelm us the, the world as it is today is so challenging for us as humans it's becoming more difficult, yeah, almost every day. And that's why becoming a habit mechanic is more important than ever before. If we don't have a calm hue, life is going to get difficult. Um, you know, another concept, or I mean, an absolutely central concept in this approach and in the book, which is in chapter 
21 is activation. You know, an activation is the guide for my day. And it's about helping you to get to the right activation levels. The thing with an angry, overexcited, threatened hue is that it, it wipes out your prefrontal cortex capacity. So it wipes willpower out, essentially. So you hear, hear people say when they're stressed, I, can't, I couldn't think clearly, I can't think straight. That's literally because the part of your brain you used to think consciously with is wiped out because the limbic regions, when they're activated, they take over every site in the brain, which makes complete sense because you're in survival mode. Um, and survival mode isn't only switched on by encounters with lions, tigers, and bears. It's also switched on by lots of nonsense that we gets thrown at us every day, which typically goes back to you know some sort of, if it's not a survival uh, threat, in a sort of a physical sense, it will be connected to a social status um, disconnection. So subconsciously, we're concerned that people who are important in our lives uh, don't like us or their support of us is waning, and that causes us problems. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a fascinating chapter. Um, and um, at the end of the chapter, you start to to really unveil um, a technique in itself that's helpful for people in terms of learning and developing their understanding of habit mechanic intelligence. You ask them to test themselves almost in a, in a very accessible, friendly way um, and just, just write down what Hugh stands for. Um, and if you've read the Habit Mechanic book, I'm sure you know, but John, just once again, um, Hugh, you have, you have christened um, because H-U-E stands for something very specific. Just just re reprise that once more for anyone who missed the start of the podcast. Yes, it's horribly unhelpful emotions. Yeah, and that's uh, really an ingenious way of characterising it, I think, and personifying it as Hugh. So, yeah, Chapter 10, really instructive and really pivotal uh, when you're reading The Habit Mechanic. I'm sure... Um, people will uh, find that if they if they haven't read it yet um just moving on then john uh, i'd like to talk about a few things that we've been reading about in the news on the podcast today um some quite alarming statistics coming out around workplace well-being and people's people's sickness absence and and, and really alarming stats and we'll, we'll talk about that in a few moments time and and some of the ways you can help people tackle that if they're feeling that kind of thing and you can help organizations deal with it as well but first of all i just wanted to ask you about your chief habit mechanic coaching program um that's uh, underway i know uh, you've it's been getting certified a habit mechanic coaching program yes i'm sorry i always make that mistake john it's the, it's the, it's the c certified habit mechanic coaching and you can you can see uh, details uh, of course on tougherminds.co.uk um you, you've been getting people inducted onto that, I know, and also uh, receiving um, a lot of interest in that. If you if you could just give us um, an update where we are with that. And um, uh, I think there's some changes coming to that in June as well, John. Yeah, so we are. We're working with a range of global organisations. I mean, we're talking about elite, world-leading organisations on this, but all the way through to people that are either coaches, they've got their own coaching businesses, or they want to become um, coaches, and we're helping them to to set up that coaching business, if you like. So it's been a brilliant program to work on, and I'm so glad that we 
um, launched this probably about six months ago now, maybe not even that. So yeah, we've, we, we're, we're getting such great success. We're actually just taking on a few new um, people. So we opened up a few more places and we also want to let people know that the price is going up in June. So if you want to get it at its current price, then get in contact um, and you know we can sort that out if you if you if you sign up before before June, but in June the price will be going up. So I just want to give people fair warning that will be happening. Um, and that's to become a, a certified habit mechanic coach through yourself, which is um, it's, it's quite a powerful platform. Then, as you say, to move forward from if you want to help others do better and feel better. Yes, exactly. So we know that traditional coaching. It just doesn't cut it anymore. We can see that with the stats that are out there. More people than ever are struggling, but more people than ever are using coaching. They're taking medicine. The traditional, these traditional approaches were not designed to help people do better in such a complex world because they're designed to give people more knowledge and skills. We don't do what we know we should do. We do it in the habit of doing. So we have to learn how to help people to build better habits. And that's what becoming a certified habit mechanic coach will teach you how to do. And not just for others, but for yourself as well, first and foremost. You know, some people are just doing the program for themselves um, because they want to learn how to build, um, you know, better habits. So, yeah, that's what you're going to get. And if you go to the the website, you can see all the details. If you're interested, just drop us a line. Yeah, head to tougherminds.co.uk, as John says, uh, to find out more about the certified habit mechanic coaching opportunities. Um, just we'll, we'll move on in a moment, John, but just also briefly, I know um, you've been receiving a lot of inquiries for keynotes as well um, and uh, working with a number of, um, well, internationally recognized keynote agencies as well. So um, that, that's that been something new for this year, which has been great. But um if people wanted to catch you, I know you're doing an online conference actually uh, uh, based in Europe, but it's of course accessible globally because it's online um, through uh, your partner Icon Conferences. Uh, it's called Global Inclusion 2023. Um, it starts, I think, at 9.30 Paris time on the 15th of June. Uh, so that's 10.30 here in the UK. Um, and I, I think as as a lot of these things are, it's also available on demand. You're, you're speaking alongside a number of uh, representatives from, from globally recognised uh, organisations, industries, I think the United Nations as well. So, so tell us more about that, John, if you would. Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about how to create a world-leading D, E, and I, diversity, equality, and inclusion culture using a new science-based nine-step framework. You know, this is, there's a couple of D, E, and I uh, people that are, are training to become certified habit mechanic coaches. It is the epicenter of being healthy and happy in an organization. If you don't get those things right, it's going to be hard to, to help your people to be at their best in short. So it's increasingly on organizations agendas to, to get those things right in a in against the backdrop of a world where it's probably harder than ever to get those things right so i'm going to be talking about the importance of moving past knowing what we need to do to create great cultures and actually helping people to build the habits that will allow them to achieve those goals so if that's of interest to you it is that it is free to attend it's online um 
Um, and even if you're not in the the D, E, and I space, I'm going to share some insights that will be applicable to everybody ultimately that wants to do better individually and collectively. So, yeah, um, it looks like a great conference to me, and I'm really uh, pleased that we're speaking at it. So it would be great to see as many people uh, signed up and attending as possible, the, you know, live Q&A, et cetera, as well, which is always really good. Yeah, I think you're going to be releasing some details uh, to people who follow you uh, via email. So there's been opportunity to sign up there. And I think if if you search Icon Conferences Global Inclusion 2023, uh, you'll see John on the speaker's agenda very high up, I think. And um, yeah, um, there's an opportunity there to take part. Um, well, thanks for that, John. You're clearly very busy. Um, and a lot of people obviously have a lot of challenging work on day in, day out. But there was a story um which which appeared on the bbc website um recently which was quite alarming relating to the world of work which i'd love to talk to you about um it just really was was quite a bleak out, outlook it said that um there's a new record number of people not working in the uk due to long term sickness um two and a half million i think um it's the ons who provided the statistics the office for national statistics um, and people, these people are not working due to health problems. The the blame, I think, principally was an increase in mental health issues, um, and 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 exacerbated by home working and, of course, the COVID pandemic, as we know, uh, many of us will recognise. Um, and the government is is really making its business to to get people back to work. Um, but you you i know have have very well developed opinions on how people can feel better and, and and do better every day how organizations can help their people feel better and do better um and i know part of the approach is through the habit mechanic university app um and if you open that on your smartphone i'm not sure you can see that there just yeah you open it on your smartphone you'll see a welcome message about creating a community of people who are, who are doing well and feeling better please please tell us more about that yeah, so we've created the app and the book to make the tried and tested tools we've created over the past 20 years accessible to everybody. And we completely understand that if there is a community of people helping each other, we call that, um, well, it, it activates a few of the nine action factors, community knowledge and skills, uh, social influence, that then it's going to be easier to build and sustain new helpful habits. Um, it just... It just reminded me of um, on the book um, on Amazon. There's a there's a review essentially that's saying it's quite long, so I won't read it out verbatim. But it's basically describing, I think, someone that was probably in the situation that a lot of those two and a half million people have found themselves in, and the review saying that they tried and tested lots of different ideas and they just didn't work, and they stumbled across the habit mechanic. And it's getting them back on track and they're noticing a huge difference in their life. And I believe that review actually is from one of the people that I will see in the app quite a lot. They're they're in there proactively. This this is the thing. It's not about a lot of the the way I think of traditional coaching is it's a bit like having a meeting with your personal trainer about what you might do to help yourself to change and to get fitter and stronger and all those fitness goals. But then you leave the meeting and nothing happens. The difference with our approach is we actually get support you in doing the training as well 
and helping you to not only do it, but to habitualize it. And that's what you can see in the app in real time is people working on themselves. They're doing the work. Um, they're practicing thinking in a more helpful way, one tiny step at a time. So, yeah, and we've got loads of powerful new um, features that we're releasing in the app really soon, um, which I'm really, really excited about because I think it's just going to really supercharge how we can help people every day do and think better. So if you're not in the app already, do check it out. Uh, the community in itself is really powerful. The audio book is currently free in there. There's a free foundation course. Um, there are other free resources. But for, for me, the most powerful thing is you can see people reflecting and planning in a really intelligent way using the, the tools that are displayed in the Habit Mechanic book. So the app and the book are designed to work uh, together. You know, if you're trying to become a certified habit mechanic coach, then we show you how to embed those systems into your coaching approach as well, so that you can use these tools as a foundation for how you support people, not just in your one-to-one -one coaching sessions, but you know, literally on a 24/7 basis, because they've always got uh, that support system with them. Yeah, this this new story about a record number of people feeling bad and not doing well in it to, to paraphrase and, and not being in work most significantly um connects with this so clearly for me um i think it's um important perhaps to to to, to, to get people just to think i know something I, i've thought about since working alongside you that um the, the there is an economic cost the massive economic cost to this this inactivity this this pe people not being in work and you know leaving aside any any sort of political or ideological arguments um by by making some quite straightforward interventions that that you help people with um people can can do so much better i think it's so important to stress that yeah we're not fixed we can change but the challenge is most of the advice out there is just tidbits from people that are not ultimately experts in these fields. They haven't gone to the depth that we've gone to into the research and they haven't spent the time that we've spent testing and refining the training programs that we've developed over the past 20 years that we've only released into the public domain through the app and the book after we were really compelled that they as self-help tools and a fantastic chance of of empowering people to be healthy happier at their best more often so you know as you might imagine i work with people every day that are really really struggling and think that there's no way back but there is and um if you actually understand how your brain works and the fact that most of what it's doing most of the time is automatic subconscious mindless and that you get some tools to build better habits, hence you become a habit mechanic, then you can you can feel better and do better and live a more fulfilling life. And that's, you know, we don't want to see anyone that's, that's really, really struggling. Um, so, yeah, I think that it doesn't have to be this way ultimately. We can do much better. I know awareness of mental health has been rising on people's agendas but i think now we need to we need to move past knowing it's important and actually help people to do better um 
and the traditional ways that we've been taught to help people to do better in the mental health space are just not very effective. They're not designed to help people to change their behavior. They're designed to help people to know more stuff. Uh, that doesn't change your behavior. And in fact, it becomes problematic because it becomes disempowering because you think, well, I know what I should be doing, but I can't be, I can't do it. Therefore, there must be a problem with me. Well, I'd say it's not, it's not a problem with you. It's a problem with the advice that you've been given. Um, it's not good enough. And just pick up a copy of that mechanic, get into the app and just, you know, start your journey. You can do it literally for pounds. Um, so that's that's you know, my mission is to make it as easy as possible for people to be at their best, but using insights from from really robust science. So it's there, it's in the habit mechanic. I mean, we're we're talking about chapter 10 today. I think there are 38 chapters in the book. We're just starting. Um this literally is a manual for life and it's a toolkit for success. And and the app is just gonna supercharge that. So yeah, it's a sad situation. I think, unfortunately, I've been predicting this. It's going to get worse, and I think it has got worse since the last figures were released, possibly around November time. And, I, you know, I don't see it getting any better unless we actually start helping people uh, to change their behaviour. Yeah, there's a, there's a line in one of the reports I was reading, you know, that says, it just says almost in passing that employers are required by law to safeguard the health and safety of their employees. I, I guess you would say, whether it should be the law or not, they should all recognise that this, this area of our, our behaviour, our, our, this, this way we are, where we think and where we operate, should be as widely recognised as that so we can address it. Yeah, and to give credit to some of the outstanding leaders I've worked with over the years, you know, C-suite type people or... Um, uh, directors that's on many occasions what they've framed our support under they've said this is the most important health and safety support we can give our people because they got it was the conduit for everything else good that was going to happen um and hopefully more senior leaders they're going to understand that and actually help their people think more effectively in the first instance which um not think more effectively in terms of them saying people are there's something wrong with the way people are thinking. I just mean that you know, thinking a more helpful way for our health, our happiness, and our performance because it's so easy to get bogged down in our thinking and uh, for our hue to dominate the conversation. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, we'll bring it back to Hugh, horribly unhelpful emotions as, as we conclude this podcast. Um, well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, it's been great to talk to you again, John, about this and, and chapter 10 of the Habit Mechanic. But we're going to go on, of course, to talk about more chapters in, in due course. And, and you can perhaps give us a, a brief hint about exactly what in a moment. But uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe and reshare this podcast. If, if you find it interesting, please pass it on to a friend. Um, and, and we hope that they too will uh, be interested in the Habit Mechanic book if they haven't read it yet. And of course, please do leave us a five-star review uh, wherever you get your podcast. So uh, thanks again for listening. Um, John, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Just thank you for listening. If you've got the Habit Mechanic book, make sure that you read it. Make sure you just try to put one idea into practice. If you've already read it, read it again, go again, pick it up, reevaluate your habits, etc. 
just you know the data you were, you were sharing there is showing that the world we live in is highly complex and, and highly challenging but we're not helpless we can do better and that's the first question we have to ask ourselves every day how well did i do my best to be at my best and that'll stand you in great stead that connects to the the t plan in chapter one of the book so keep persisting we know it can be difficult but use this toolkit and i guarantee you'll start to make progress to get more control to be at your best more often and remember you're only ever one habit away Thanks for listening. Remember, if you want to get your business off to a great start in January, get in touch to discuss how our Habit Mechanic keynotes or workshops can equip your people with practical skills that help them build super habits in five minutes. Or if you want to earn 100000 a year working part-time by launching your own coaching business, we guarantee to help you do that in just 13 hours. Get in touch with us today to learn more about becoming a certified habit mechanic coach who can transform people's lives and is recognised as a world leader in the field. For more details, contact us via the website. The link is in the podcast notes. Or if you want to feel better and do better every day, download the Habit Mechanic University app from your app store. Thanks again for listening.